I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hi guys, this is Poppy speaking. Before we start the episode, I just wanted to address the fact that it's coming out a little later than usual. So... Because of the trade deadline, Beata and I recorded it a little bit later this week, and since we're both full-time students, it took a little longer to edit and upload and all of that fun stuff. So because you've been quite patient with us, I am going to upload our first newsletter in which we break down the concept of hegemonic masculinity in North American hockey, and um, we sort of very simply explain some really fantastic academic literature. I'm going to put that both in the show notes and on my Twitter account and um, this is something that usually only our Patreons receive but since everyone's been extra patient I just wanted to give you some extra content. (laughs) Alright, so let's start the show. Earth and all their demons work for the Ottawa Senators front office. Welcome to This Amalnik in Life. I'm Poppy. And I'm Beata. And this is the podcast that nobody asked for but everybody needs. As always, before beginning the episode, we would like to acknowledge that this podcast is written and recorded on unceded and unsurrendered Algonquin and Mi'kmaq territories. We would like to urge everyone to inform themselves on the land they live on and how to support Indigenous communities. Excellent. Okay, so before we get to the terror... We're going to talk about some nice hockey news. <laughs> because we made the plan, we started making the plan for this episode before the trade deadline, and there are some things we wanted to talk about, okay? And we're going to talk about it <laughs> before we get into all the horrible stuff that happened with the Ottawa Senators. <laughs> we want to talk very briefly about the US and Canada rivalry series that happened in women's hockey. It just happened randomly in the middle of February. The American and Canadian teams played three games against each other. It was really fun. Canada looked awesome, and they won the rivalry series, and Shannon Zabados is a beast. After, <laughs> like, during the series, in the last game, I was going to tweet at Senators announce Zabados, but then I realized that I have I way too much respect for Shannon Zabados to ever wish that on her, <laughs> which kind of says a lot about like the Senators. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> Yeah, it was amazing. They looked incredible. Um, They were also working together with the NHL, so they got to actually play in, like, NHL arenas. The last game was in the Red Wings arena, right? And there were big crowds. Uh, From what I saw, the numbers were, like, between 8,000 and 9,000, which for, like, some random kind of, like middle of February thing is, like, completely weird, Um, which is great. I actually looked it up. Normally... The average crowd for a NHL game, so for like a probably like the biggest hockey in North America, is around mm-hmm. seventeen thousand, and um, the last game in the U.S. Canada rivalry series had nine thousand over nine thousand visitors. So we're looking at like mm-hmm. a bit more than half, which is 
pretty good turnout, actually. For sure, yeah. And they're actually also talking about making this an annual event because it was pretty successful. Everybody seemed to be very happy with it. So mm -hmm. I was reading some Sportsnet coverage on it and everybody was sort of saying that they're definitely considering, you know, trying to do some stuff to make this a more regular occurrence, which is really exciting. Yeah, that's so awesome. And it was like... We've talked in a previous episode about the way that the mainstream media covers women's hockey. It was very funny to watch these, like, TSN commentators talk as if not only were they watching uh, watching women's hockey for the very first time, but they were also they probably assuming were. that everybody <laughs> watching, but they also assumed that everybody watching has also is also watching for the very first time. They were like, yeah. guys, guys, did you know that Marie-Philippe Poulet is the person who scored the golden goal in 2014? No <laughs> way! I did not know that. We should they should have brought in people who actually know something about women's hockey. It was kind of funny. It was disappointing, but like, whatever. But another thing that happened, okay, this is kind of related to this, and I cannot believe I have not talked about this wonderful human before, but Caroline Wallet posted a picture of her with her daughter Liv Chu Wallet, who is the cutest baby in the world. Okay. Yes. Oh my god, okay. If you um... don't know, if you did not know this, who is the former captain of the Canadian team, is married to Julie Chu of the American team, and they have a baby, and her name is Liv, and she's so cute, and if you do not follow Julie Chu on Instagram, you need to, just for Liv. <laughs> okay, so first of all, also, like, this is the greatest romance on Earth. Yeah. Um, They're not even the only like, couple. Like, uh, okay, another thing with the TSN coverage is that they were, at one point they said these two teams won't be sending each other valentines because it was Valentine's Day. But they were going to be sending each other valentines. Of course they are! <laughs> it's like, you missed like, this opportunity. How did you not know this? <laughs> I remember um, hearing the news about it and like I can't remember what it was. It was probably some gay hockey <laughs> But it was like, yo, did you know that, like, the captain of the Canadian team and the captain of the U.S. team are, like, married? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. what? <laughs> this is the greatest news on earth because it's such an intense rivalry on the ice. It must um, be the strangest rivalry. And well, I like, know, right? It's like, <laughs> this is my wife, but also I want to murder her right <laughs> like, now. Like, <laughs> and Chu also played for the Canadian together, right? So they were, like, teammates and yeah. wives. And then they just, like, competed against each other at the Olympics. Like, it's so incredible. I love this. Also, like, how cute is that? Because you know that no matter who mm -hmm. wins, you have, like, an Olympic medal mm -hmm, in the household, mm -hmm. which is, like, kind of fun. And I feel like even if you're losing, you're like, oh, my <laughs> wife won. You know? Like, it's kind of cute. Yeah. Um, That baby is so adorable. I know. <laughs> oh my god i didn't realize how cute that baby was and then i saw your note so i was like oh beautiful baby gotta look at that <laughs> i can't beautiful. believe you did not know this yet <laughs> i know i didn't know they had a baby what? i knew that they were married i did not there know are several couples between those two teams but yeah i remember when they had their baby and i was like i followed julie chu because of that and i have not been disappointed no there's a picture of her in a freaking bee costume right? I and like, died. also, Julie Chu is adorable, <laughs> and her with Liv She's is just so like cute. the cutest pictures. Anyways, it was so. Anyways, nice. moving on. So yes, great baby, great couple. <laughs> um, I stand. Yes, we're good. being very on brand today because we went from women's hockey to 
Gritty. The Flyers were involved in the Stadium series recently, and Gritty started a diary, and it was so wonderful. Apparently, we, his fans, are called Grittizens, which is so (laughs) great, and, like, everything about this diary... I loved, okay. He also went streaking during the stadium oh, series. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that we were gonna stop talking about this and I still took a gulp of my beer and I almost choked <laughs> on it. Because <laughs> it was so it was so funny. <laughs> and like they had security chase him around the rink. <laughs> it was so funny. There's this like really fascinating episode of the podcast criminal where they talk about they talk to one of the most notorious streakers (laughs) like he is banned from every major sporting event in the entire world because he's like streaked (laughs) at the super bowl and stuff um and while i was watching gritty like so i listened to the episode a few months back and i thought it was really funny because the guy was talking about how he started doing it as like a joke But then he was like, this is really fun. (laughs) And he was talking about how exhilarating and just kind of fun it is to, like, run around being chased by security. Which sounds absurd, but when I saw Gritty do it, I was like, you know what? That looks fun! (laughs) (laughs) You're not going to catch me streaking anytime soon, but I hope Gritty does it more often. You know, we write these stories in the mascot minute that are like, oh, wouldn't it be so funny (sighs) if the mascots did this stuff? And then they do it anyways. (laughs) I don't know if it's because we're more aware of it these days and mascots have always been this absurd and spicy or if we're putting it into the universe. Like, not to be too spiritual on the pod, but what if Jesus is watching this and he's like, you guys deserve this. Like, thank you, baby Jesus. I'll take it. Um. So... Um, again, staying on brand, uh, Hockey is for Everyone Month is still going on, um, not for very long. The Sens still haven't done very much, but they did do the citizenship ceremony that they said they would do. They did not promote it at all. Nobody knew it was happening until the game started, but it happened. Yes. So it wasn't a lie. Actually, they did, I think release a thing like literally a day before okay i saw something on twitter like a day before because i remember somebody being like as like a season ticket holder why did i find out about Mm -hmm. this on twitter yeah but they didn't announce it early anyway as an immigrant that would be like the funnest (laughs) swearing in ceremony on earth can you imagine that i would be like on the ice Uh crushing a canadian (laughs) (laughs) um also, something that I have to bring up regarding Hockey is for Everything, everything, <laughs> everything, Hockey is for Everyone Month, um, because we talked about this last episode. I did get my right. tickets. Um, <laughs> we got them on Monday night, so we got to go Tuesday, and it was really fun. We got excellent tickets. Uh, it would have been nice if they'd sent mm-hmm. them more than a day in advance, uh, or like I think we got them the morning of. It was very confusing. But we got our tickets, and we were sat right by the ice, and we were sat right by my King Anders Nilsson, and it was a fun gay night, and it was also the last night with my husband, Mm -hmm. so, you know. (laughs) It was nice to have been there. The Sands were also advertising that they were selling, like, roses that you could give to people, and I sent out a tweet 
asking people to send one to you, and nobody yeah. did this, and I am nobody very did. disappointed in I everyone. Didn't get a single. <laughs> I cannot advice. believe that people let me down this way. I am hurt. <laughs> um, to be fair, the roses were really tacky. <laughs> They had, like, a centurion on them. They were so ugly. Like, I don't think anybody bought one. <laughs> oh, yeah. And speaking about gay shit, we didn't talk about... Yeah, well, because that happened, like, last week. right after we recorded or, like, right after... Yes, it did. Yeah, but anyways, Borowiecki is, like, an actual good ally. Like, he said such nice things. He went. Yeah. He was, like, in the Pride Parade, and he talked about how, like, the Suns haven't done enough, and... Which is, like, that's huge, because mm-hmm. we can talk about this later in the episode, but the Suns don't like to admit that they haven't done enough about something in the NHL in general. Oh, and he was no. like, yeah, I'm pretty, like, politically I'm pretty progressive, I think is what he said, which, like, is really cool for a player to admit. He also said that he does yes. have a brain, even though people that was don't like, think he does. Oh. And I was like, LOL. Yeah. <laughs> at me next time. Did I say that at some point? <laughs> no, anyways, I, I stand Mark Borgetsky. There is nobody else on this team left for me to stand. Yeah. So, Jean-Gabriel Peugeot, Craig Anderson. I mean, I still and, yeah, stand Kachuk. Okay, maybe there are a few, but really, Borbietsky is on the list now. Yeah. Thomas Shabbat. Thomas Shabbat was also wearing yes. the, like, pride tape. I stand On Love is Love Night. So, like, there aren't many players left that I like, but that brings Boro up the list. It does. Um, do I love him on the ice? Honestly, no. when you compare him to the other players, like, why not? You know? Sure. Sure. Um, I saw the lineup <laughs> for the game that was last night, I believe, and I was like, who I are these people? I don't know <laughs> anyone on the sentence. <laughs> like, how do I suddenly not know my favorite? I have a podcast about this. I team. used to be able to <laughs> and I was recite like, the entire Senator's roster off the top of my head. Part of that was because I wanted to prove to guys that I knew hockey, which was, like, really problematic, and I cringe thinking about that. But, yes, I... There was a very long time... You kind of have to be able to Yeah, well, there was a very long time when I could recite the entire Senator's roster off the top of my head and did that frequently. Um, Yeah, I was very cool in high school. (laughs) I mean, who wasn't? Who wasn't? I was really cool. Um, Before we go to the next segment... I have to make an announcement. If you can hear noises in the background, I have a roommate who has a social <laughs> life and we live in a small apartment. If you want better sound quality, you better donate to our Patreon so that I can afford to live in an apartment on my own. But until that happens, I'm afraid there's going to be yeah, noises in the background. There's a small chance you might hear wind because it is a Tuesday evening in Halifax. And it sounds like there's a hurricane happening. My window was buckling earlier today, so we'll see. Just, if there's background noise, I love it's fine. It. We're going to do the mascot minute early because we have a lot to talk about. Yeah. Um, I want to <laughs> apologize for this mascot minute. If there's, if there's one mascot minute to skip, it's this one. Um... You do not want to listen to Content this. warning for sexual content. <laughs> Don't say we didn't warn you. I take no responsibility for this. <laughs> I am an enabler, and that is yeah, it. Yeah, that's what I I've had a hard time sleeping, and I had a really interesting <laughs> idea while I was up at, like, 2 a.m., and 
This is what keeps me up at night. My brain is just powerful. <laughs> so yeah, you've been warned. Um, Give that a minute. Please do. Okay. Sparta Cat had never felt so reckless before. Had they locked the door? He couldn't remember, and he didn't care. He usually liked to play it safe, but here, drunk on passion and with a mascot that exuded raw, insane, sexual energy, he felt fearless. Gritty's belly button was pulsing. Sparta Cat had never seen anything like it before. As they kissed hard, their bodies intertwined. He could feel the belly button pushing against him like an angry creature craving to break free. Sparta Cat was glad he had opted for stretchy shorts today, partly because they made his butt look good, like yoga pants, partly because his excitement was becoming physical and the fabric stretchiness was appreciated. <laughs> Barty used one of his claws to rip Gritty's pants, leaving him in nothing but a crop top. His backside was a sight to behold, but as his gaze wandered to Gritty's crotch, there was nothing. Spartacat was confused. Suddenly, the belly button began wriggling, swelling, and then opening up, and before Spartacat knew what was happening, Gritty had yanked off his pants and pressed his newly discovered orifice against his aching passion. <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I'm so that ashamed. Definitely not something I will ever regret putting on the internet forever. <laughs> Future employers are going to find this and they're going to be like, yes, yes, oh hire my her God. now. My mother listens to this podcast. <laughs> I mean, I am creative. You know what inspired this? Um, I was listening to another podcast um, and this one was about the way that birds have evolved specifically wow. that only three percent of birds have penises and most birds have cloacas <laughs> and i was like hmm <laughs> and this is what i've done and i am so sorry oh boy <laughs> anyway you know we had to make you laugh uh, yeah we, we needed a lot real shit okay <laughs> all right let's talk about the tree deadline um, okay. Things happened. So let's do a quick recap of what happened and then we'll talk about it. So, first of all, Matt Duchesne and Ryan Zingle were both traded to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, first, Duchesne and Julius Bergman were traded for Vitaly Ibramov, Jonathan Davidson, first and a conditional first, depending on like whether or not Duchesne re signs with Columbus. Then Ryan Dezingle was also traded to Columbus, um, along with a seventh round pick for Anthony Duclair and two second rounders. And there was just this really cute thing where 
Duchesne went back to Columbus to pick up his family, and he brought Ryan Dezingle... To Ottawa. He went back to Ottawa, yeah, to bring his family to Columbus, and Ryan Dezingle went with them, and it was this adorable video where he's like, he just, like, shows the private jet, and there's his wife, his kid, his dog, and then at the very back, there's Ryan Dezingle just, like, smiling and giving a thumbs up, and he is the cutest human Ryan Dezingle's smile. Oh, I love him. I I am going to miss that my smile. Favorite? Okay. <laughs> my favorite is when he posted the photo and it's like Bo, his baby, and then Paisley, his dog, sitting like a human <laughs> on a chair strapped in. I was like, Paisley, I stand even more than I did before. Um, and then in the background, it's Ryan Dezingle doing like the hang yeah. loose. Like the exact hand... That is on Alex Formington's <laughs> And that he's like, went to pick up oh, my kids. And I was like, so stop. Cute. I'm so glad that they're happy together going to a better place, you know? Yeah, and I I saw that like Dezingle was relatively stoked mm-hmm. about it because like it's closer to mm-hmm. his family. And I think his fiance is in the US mm-hmm. as well. So maybe it's more convenient for them. I'm gonna but miss him. I'm gonna miss him too. Mm-hmm. Live in peace. <laughs> I'm so heartbroken over Duchesne. Everybody was like, oh, we expected it. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I love him. He was one of my favorite players. As we all know, I love watching Duchesne play. I love him do fancy, fun things with the puck. And I'm just going to miss him so much. I'm going to miss his dog. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to miss his baby. (laughs) You guys are real lucky. I'm not just spending an hour sobbing instead of, like, actually recording an episode. (laughs) Yeah. I like Anthony Duclair, though. He's very attractive. uh, He is beautiful. Um, Actually, James slash welcome to your Carlson years slash co-host of Fifth Liners podcast just sent me a picture of Duclair and was like, yo, look at his hair. And I was like, it's good hair. He's gorgeous. Um, There are some like, so he's only 23 and he's been on like, what, five teams already? Mm -hmm. He's moved around a lot. Um, And so there have been some comments that he hasn't gotten along well with trainers um i don't know how much i buy into that to be honest um yeah look at a picture of anthony duclair and try to figure out why nhl teams yeah. might have an issue with him it's a pattern it's, just like it is a pattern it was the same with uh pk suban mm-hmm. remember they were like oh pk suban's arrogant and he doesn't fit in like maybe hockey culture is racist <laughs> maybe <sighs> yikes so i i don't know how much how much i would put into that to be honest like just considering you know what people of color mm-hmm. have to go through in hockey and like this is well documented it's not like we're making any fancy claims here mm-hmm. um so i'm i wait with bated breath if there's actually a behavioral issue because behavioral issue is a word that generally like nhl coaches like to throw around if they don't get along with their players i mean didn't they even mm-hmm. say that about mm-hmm. kyle Turris before he came here yeah they did like mm, kyle Turris. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so after that we had the most important departure my favorite departure that happens during the trade deadline which is that <laughs> patrick seeloth left okay and i know <laughs> that we like forgot about this but Good riddance. I honestly saw this note in our doc and was like, Patrick Seeloff who? 
<laughs> Never heard of her. Um, Pat- my favorite Patrick Seeloff moment was when he ruined my last fan fest, because the last one where I was in Ottawa, by concussing one of my favorite hockey players of all time, or favorite NHL players of all time, right in front of me and almost making me cry Aww. in public at the Canadian Tire Center. Um, it would have been kind of funny if the Sens had just held on to him, like, yeah, we're gonna hold on to Patrick Seeloff of all people. But yeah, bye, bitch. <laughs> I will not miss him. <laughs> I'm thinking about that video of Lizzo where she's like, bye, bitch. I'm also, I've been thinking <laughs> about Lizzo a lot because there's also a song by her where she's like, if he don't love you anymore, just walk your fine ass out the door. And I was listening to this and I was like, oh my god, I bet that's what Duchesne and Dezingle have been listening to. <laughs> like, empowering Lizzo songs while they sign their documents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then comes the tragedy, which is that we lost Mark yeah. Stone. <sighs> yeah, we got Eric Brandstrom, Oscar Lindbergh, and a second round pick in 2020. Um, hmm. Do we want to go into this? <sighs> I mean, we have to. Um, first of all, my heart aches. I... Honestly, I'm not gonna joke or, like, pretend. I know that Brandstrom's supposed to be, like, super exciting, but, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know how. See, okay, so the thing with me, I've said this a lot on Twitter, I've written about this, but with all three of these trades, I'm gonna forget the Seeloff thing, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but the three major trades that happened, like, these are all players that I really, really liked. I enjoyed watching them play, like, all season. There were very few reasons to watch the Suns, and I did I did enjoy watching them play. I enjoyed them off the ice, too. Um, Mark Stone is, like, he's been one of my favorite players literally since his first few games. I have a lot of favorite players, but, like, honestly, Mark Stone has been at the top of that list. I have, like, his jersey. But when this stuff happened, I, like, didn't care because I feel like I accepted these trades back in September. Like, when Eric Carlson was traded, I, you know, processed the Eric Carlson trade, and I was also like, okay, well, this means that Duchesne, Dezingle, and Stone are all gonna leave soon. And it was like, I don't know, I thought that I would feel more sad or more angry when this actually happened, but instead it was just like, okay, I knew that was gonna happen, and it happened now, and, like, it scares me how little I cared you know? Mm. With the Suns, I just kind of have this feeling that, like, nothing that happens on the ice matters at all. Because there's no direction. They're not going to become a good team as long as Melnick is here. It doesn't matter how many, like, good prospects we get, how many, like, good players we trade for, how many good picks we get, how many good players we even hang on to. Like, the culture is just so bad right now that nobody's gonna stay, and the team isn't going to be any good and they're just going to keep like spinning their tires until Melnick sells. Yeah, I um thought that I didn't care. Um <laughs> Duchesne did like upset me as I said he was one of my favorite players mm-hmm. and for some reason Mark Stone still surprised me. I think mm. just because like I I saw him as a career senator like mm-hmm. I thought that he was going to stay. I thought that he'd want to stay and also because Brady Kachuk lives in his house. Where is Brady Kachuk going to go? I'm very disappointed. <laughs> yeah. um, and I also thought, you know, that he'd definitely want to stay here. Yeah. But obviously that didn't work out. It's very yeah. disappointing. I think fans have every right to be upset about it. And the fact that, like, the front office, especially Dorian, is now pretending to be so stoked mm-hmm. about these 
traits happening. I'm like, ugh, yikes. And then one thing that I think is a really, really important thing to um, talk about, and I think you talked about this in your five thoughts, is that the young players are watching all of the like players mm -hmm. at their prime walking away. Yeah. That they, they're not seeing a future in Ottawa. It's essentially like play there while you have to or until you reach sort of notoriety or the level that other teams will find you attractive and then get a better contract and a better working environment somewhere yeah. else. It's quite disappointing. So that's the thing, like, I wasn't at all surprised about Stone because I felt like after Carlson, after they traded Carlson, like, nothing was off the table. You know, it was... Nobody is a career senator. I don't see anybody as a career senator anymore. Nothing is off the table. Nobody's going to stay here. Like, everyone's just going to leave. And it was kind of like I I accepted that back in September. Um, the one thing that did, like, kind of get to me was when Stone signed the extension with Vegas. Because then, like, there was still some part of me that was kind of holding on to this weird hope that like Melnick would sell and then everyone would just come back because everyone was a free agent mm. and then I was like well now that Stone signed the extension like he's committed to Vegas and he doesn't control his own fate and like even if he wanted to come back here he couldn't yeah so and he's signed like an eight-year right yeah like an eight-year deal that's that's big because he's in his prime right now so like that's a like long-term commitment um, but you know what? Vegas is a really mm -hmm. fun team to play for. That is a fun city. The games are always insane. They put a lot of money into not just, like, the the team itself, but also the, like, sort of in-house entertainment and, you know, really just, like, treating the play as well. Mm -hmm. So I think he's going to have a good time. It's like leaving a bad boyfriend. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then going to, like, live with all your fun single friends. This is exactly what it's like. <laughs> I'm gonna miss him and his gappy teeth and his bad hair. Yeah. <laughs> and his dogs! It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm really, really gonna miss him. And it's gonna be hard to see him with another team and everything. Like, watching him come into Vegas, I was like... I, I don't want to see this. Like, you know, I clicked away from the video. Like, I can't do this right now. Yeah, they, like... It was, like, with Carlson. They, like, greeted but, him at the airport yeah. and stuff. But you know what? Like, another team is really stoked. I feel like the fan base is really stoked. Mm -hmm. The team's really sort of made a big deal about acquiring mm -hmm. him and really selling that um, trade. And I think that for him as an individual it's probably really great for us it mm -hmm. sucks because we don't get to see stone on our team anymore but like for stone as a player this is a wonderful opportunity i'm not surprised that he mm -hmm. took it you know like that is really good um so yeah i really want to talk about the statements that dorian yeah, made see, after that's another thing where like the trade this the trades didn't phase me i was like you know i don't like that this happened but I knew this was going to happen. I fully expected mm. the Suns to do this, and I'm, like, desensitized. I, I went through all the stages of grief when Eric Carlson was traded, you know? Yeah. Like, I... <laughs> yeah, they might as well have been traded on September 13th. But then Dorian went to the media, and I was like, okay, I don't like this. <laughs> oh, what? I'm sorry for making this sound a lot today. It's been a week. It's like... <laughs> It's like I said, with the Senators, like, the on-ice stuff doesn't matter. It's only the off-ice stuff. Like, as mm -hmm. a blogger, every time I talk about what's happening on the ice, I feel like it's completely irrelevant. And there's no, and it's, like, silly for me to talk about what's happening on the ice and that the real stuff yeah. to talk about is the off-ice stuff. Like, every time I do five thoughts, I'm like, 
what is there to even talk about about like the sense performance this week all there is to talk about is the off-eye stuff what dorian and melnick and whatever have said also that matt bostelar chopped a fucking rotisserie <laughs> chicken in half with a giant sword and then touched the blade of the sword that was sharp enough to chop a rotisserie chicken in half it stressed me out <laughs> That was a cool video. But it was yeah. also perfect. It was a great video. Um, we love mm -hmm. Bosti. Oh, oh my god, there's so much to unpack here. But Ian Mendes wrote mm -hmm. a brilliant piece. And he described Dorian walk walking into the studio after the trade deadline and saying that this was the proudest yeah. day he's had in the NHL. Wow. What? <laughs> this is the proudest day you've had in the NHL, buddy. Yikes. <laughs> Ooh, this is not a good mm. testament to your career no. or your judgment. Mm. So I understand that he's excited about the picks. I understand mm -hmm. that he is excited about young players, but still yikes. Mm. Like still you cannot hold on to your players in their prime. You know, like you made some objectively bad decisions and everybody is mad yeah. um he did say it had nothing to do with money nobody believes that and everything has to do even with money. if it doesn't have to do with money directly like you know even if they offered him like all of these players like all the money in the world and this is what i said with carlson too like they still created a really really bad working environment and they still made these players mm -hmm. believe that they're not going to be any good anytime soon, you know? Like, they say, oh, yeah. they didn't, they weren't on board with the rebuild, like, they didn't want to be here. Well, why? You know, like, star players will often stay through rebuilds. Dorian keeps saying that, that the Sens are going to compete in two years. That's not a very long time. If these players actually believed that, that a rebuild would succeed and was viable in Ottawa, they would have stayed <laughs> like yeah yeah it's not like it's entirely their fault and i also think like when you have so much elite talent and you decide that you want to rebuild something you should do is go up to those players and say hey here's how we see the sense right now here's what we want to do with the sense here's what we see your role as being going forward like are you on board with this before you go public and say it's a fire sale right and also like i don't know like he's he claimed that they tried to sign all of the extensions which i don't know because after not signing any of the extensions he was like this is the greatest day of my yeah. career he was like we're so, really committed to signing them um i don't buy it and also i think if you are you know matt duchene and your gm is going to the press and being like we want to build this team around our great players like cdcc <laughs> you're like mm. yeah. <laughs> you know you probably you can go to another team that is going to appreciate you and celebrate you and do like what vegas is doing with stone now where they're like look at this incredible guy that we've got and like actually appreciating you as mm -hmm. the brilliant player you are why would you want to stay yeah. And yeah. even, like, Dorian said a lot of really, really condescending stuff about, you know, the people who are upset about this just don't understand hockey. And everyone who understands hockey mm. understands that what we did was, like, you know, necessary and, oh, this is a perfectly normal, like, hockey, this is perfectly normal hockey team stuff. It's not. The fans, like, the people complaining about this, we know hockey. This is not a rebuild, okay? It doesn't make sense. Like, the Suns are saying that they want to compete in two years for a five-year window so even if you look at these teams and say like are they going to be useful to us in two years or in seven years 
they still will be useful, right? And you need them, not to mention that you need them for, like, leadership and stuff, right? And again, it's the, like, if you're planning a rebuild, it's not just about selling all your fav- all your star players, right? You have to look at the players that you have and say, what do we have in this player? When do we want to compete? How good is that player? Like, how useful is that player going to be, A, during the, like, rebuilding years when we have a lot of young players coming in, and B, once we actually compete, right? And it's saying, like, is it better for yeah. us to trade this player now when, when, like, we get some value out of him, or is it better to hold on to this player, right? And if your players are super old and you're like, well, he'll probably be retired in two years, then you're like, well, does he want to stay here and mentor the young players? Is he going to be able to help us out? Or is he just better off being traded to another team? And I don't see how you can look at the talent that's in Ottawa or that was in Ottawa, you know, in 2017 and just say like, yeah, we need to trade all these players because it's not working, so we need to rebuild, and rebuilding means getting rid of all your best players, so let's just, like, trade all our best players in their prime, or as they're entering their prime. Yeah. Hey, I know hockey. (laughs) I'm saying right now, like, Pierre Dorian doesn't know hockey, okay? I mean, you know, like, we had a really fantastic playoff run in 2016-2017, and all of the best players from that run mm-hmm. are gone like that that was a good mm-hmm. competitive team that was a team that almost made it to the Stanley too, Cup you know, finals like, I've, you and know. it was a young team I mean nobody's worried about Mark Stone in two years he's still going to be a good player and in two years we're supposed to have a run of unparalleled mm-hmm. success so like hang on to someone who's still going to yeah. be good in two years I don't understand well it's like You know, a comparison that I keep kind of making in my head is that I've mentioned before that I was, like, a Canucks fan for a while, and um, I was a Canucks fan, like, during the 2011 run and for a few years after that, and what I remember is that after they, like, finished that run, there was, like, one year where they were kind of good, but there was this sense looking at the roster that, like, all of these players are old, all of them are on the decline, they're not getting any better, and so that's why the Canucks went and immediately traded, like, Ryan Kessler, and I don't even remember everyone, but they, they, well, they took a while to get rid of all Mm. of those players, but they eventually did get rid of them and held on to the Sidians because they wanted to stay there and, you know, mentor the young players and stuff, right? But, like, it makes sense in that situation to trade your star players because they're ending their careers. But this is not the situation in Ottawa. These players are not on the decline. They would Mm. definitely be useful to you in the future and I think that it's better to hold on to these players than to try to you know than whatever you're going to get in return for them even in their prime. I want to um talk about one of his more iconic statements which is and I quote I know it's not easy when players you're married to leave but at the same time it's like get a new girlfriend get married to new players. Mm. Okay, (laughs) I have so many things to say about this, but I just want to, like, talk about this. First of all, there's two types of marriages ending, right? There's marriages ending because you guys don't, like, get along and your relationship isn't serving you anymore. And then it's healthy to end it and to move on. But there's also a situation where you haven't showered in three months (laughs) and you're stinky and you suck and your wife is like my dude you need to Mm -hmm. shower 
and you need to like be nice to me because I'm getting really tired and you're like whatever smell my mm -hmm. feet and then <laughs> she leaves and so you're like oh well I guess this 20 year old <laughs> who doesn't have experience with dating yet is probably going to accept me because she doesn't know better. And that is what Pierre Dorian is. He hasn't showered in months. <laughs> I, I love that. <laughs> I um, just came up with that. Thank you very much. Um, but that's like, you know, it's not, it's not a situation as like, we could say this over and over again. It's not a situation where it's the wisest decision to get rid of your star players. Mm -hmm. But here we go you know what, maybe we'll be competitive again in like 10 mm -hmm. years at this point because they're going to keep doing this. Also, where is Brady Kachuk living now? <laughs> I am very upset about this. Brady Kachuk, you can move into my apartment if you need to. I have a couch. It is comfortable. <laughs> I actually... I hope he doesn't have a cat allergy. I was going to tell you about this earlier, but um, today when I was just walking around Halifax, I was on campus, I saw someone who, like, I, as I was passing, he looked so much like Brady Kachuk, and I was like, honestly, <gasps> my great life decision. Like... I support this. <laughs> Brady Kachuk's face is so fun. Uh -huh. It was the it's hair that did it. Hockey yeah. face. I hope he moves in with mm -hmm. Craig. And then Craig That's will get dream. traded, and then he'll just like keep changing houses. Oh no no no! I meant Craig, oh! the social media guy. <laughs> this is still Craig Medaglia's number you one Craig fan Anderson, club. But. You're right. No. Yeah, he, him living with the superior Craig would be great. The um, ultimate Craig. I love Craig. If Craig Medaglia I, got traded, my life would end. <laughs> oh my god. I I'm, met him. He's so great. Number one Stan. We support. We love mm -hmm. our king. That would be really funny, but also I feel like Craig would be like, I have a really good idea for Instagram, and Brady would be like, <laughs> I'm trying to play video games. He'd be like one of those parents who's just constantly filming their kids, right? He's like, yes. <laughs> oh my god, like a mommy blogger. <laughs> <laughs> This is a really fun idea in my head. <laughs> no, he should he should move in with Brian five or six. The guy's got oh, four God. kids, you know? <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, doesn't he have enough boys living Just in that after. house? Like, his poor wife. God. <laughs> my favorite scenario is still that Brady and I move into a two-bedroom and hall. Every now and again, we go out to Le Petit Chicago for, like karaoke. I think Brady is legal in Hall, so we can go like out to bars. Yeah. Yes, Brady Brady is a year younger than me, so he is He's 18. legal in Hall. He is. Um yeah, so this is Poppy's regular plea for <laughs> Brady Kachuk to be her best friend. I want him to be my best friend so bad. I have I have this fear that one day somebody's gonna tell him about me and he's gonna be like, That's terrifying. <laughs> Like, this woman is terrifying. Why is she obsessed with me? And I'll be like, I love you. Let's hang out. Do you like cats? What's up? <laughs> that is one of my biggest fears, that Brady Kachuk finds out that I stand Brady Kachuk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So let's go back to Pierre Dorian, because my king. He said, mm -hmm. he said many a controversial <laughs> thing. Um, he said that fans needed to be patient. Mm. Mm, fun. I've been so patient. <laughs> But it's like again, this goes back. What are we to... being patient for? Like, what are we waiting for? We don't know. This goes the... back to Pierre Dorian being your husband who never showers. Yeah, but it's like he's a deadbeat husband. There's just there's no. He's like I'll shower in a month. for this team. Why should we be patient when they've given us no reason to believe that things will work out in the end? You know, like mm. there's no direction for this team. 
I have no faith that anyone is going to stay, that anyone's going to want to come to Ottawa in the first place. Like, I, I just don't see this team being any good as long as Melnick is the owner. And, like, I'm not saying that a sale fixes all of our problems. Like, if Melnick sells the team, it's not, you know, everything's fine. But I think, like, you can't start the real rebuild that needs to happen which is, like, the cultural rebuild or whatever in Ottawa. Like, you can't start that until you have a new owner. Because, like, Melnick is famous around the league right now, and he has clearly been the problem in most of these, like, disputes with the players, if not all of them. Like, it's such a common theme that every player who, like, doesn't want to be in Ottawa, doesn't get along with the owner, and then leaves. And it's like, well, there's a common denominator here, you know? Yeah. Um. Also, like, speaking of building a culture, Dorian is trying to build a culture. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As he said, we are trying to build a culture. We are trying to build a team here. The culture is, I think, just mm-hmm. nodding your head. I think that's why CC and mm-hmm. Borrow are still there. Like, um, <laughs> the culture is being boring as yeah. shit. When he and said that, I think I I tweeted, uh, as soon as the Sens get rid of all those players who don't get along with the owner and want out of Ottawa, watch out. Like, you know, that's never going to happen <laughs> as long as Melnick is here. Like, or at least, like, all the players left also, like, are going to be has, shitty players, like, you know? The problem with Melnick is that he's not just an owner, like, he's not just the mm-hmm. bank, essentially. He's also, like, the mm-hmm. dad. So it's not that like if you don't get along with the owner it's fine whatever who cares it's like if you don't get along with the owner you're fucked because eugene was like i want more Mm -hmm. power and i have a great idea you know i'm sure that star players can be dicks sometimes okay and i'm sure that they can make of course they pretty big demands they're probably very hard to work with but when you have that much talent i'm sorry you bend over backwards to keep that talent on your team you have to like at some point you have to make compromises and i don't think like i genuinely don't believe that the players actually care that much about one of their teammates being a bit of a jerk like there was all this stuff about carlson being kind of big-headed and stuff which was every right to be (laughs) every reason to be like that you know oh players didn't like him that much didn't get along with shabbat like honestly when you have a player that good players want to win like just they're gonna be fine, yeah. and I don't believe that that's that big of a problem, you know? Yeah. Well, and, like, I can't wait for us to be the hosts yeah. of Hockey Night in Canada, and then to get hella money, and then to buy this team. Right? And then make, like, I, I don't know, I'm gonna buy this team and then just give it to Alfie. <laughs> Go fund me. That's give it. The money to I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> Go fund me. <laughs> dot com slash buy this team for Alfie. Just give it to him. Can you give someone an NHL team as a gift? This is like a rich person question because rich people do crazy shit. But even then, like, could, even if you have the money, would Melnick be willing to sell? Because at this point, like, he's pretty stubborn. He's a Gemini. <laughs> give him an extra pair of sunglasses and he'll take the deal. I can tell you. As long as you, or you make like a fun exchange, as long as you can distract him with something else that's shiny. If you're like, oh, I'll give you like hello money and I will give you this fidget spinner. And he'll be like, oh, fidget spinner. I need it. Yeah. I will be hip. Yeah. And um, side note, we also heard today that um, we're at like the day that we're recording this podcast, which is Tuesday, that the downtown arena negotiations negotiations aren't doing too well. They have like 
48 hours to figure something out, and then it's like, it won't. not happening, and we all know, Malnick is hard to work with, so. I mean, um, Steve, hashtag, at Steve on Sense, <laughs> had done this tweet at the beginning, had done this tweet, he had tweeted this tweet <laughs> <laughs> at the beginning of the month, where he was like, Dezingle, Duchesne, Stone, CC, Downtown Arena, this is going to be one hell of a month. And right now, it only looks like we're keeping CC. <laughs> By the way, okay, on Twitter, so many people were so upset about Cody CC staying. And I thought this was the funniest thing. Because, like, on the one hand, I understand the humor in, like, we've been wanting CC to leave forever. And he's so bad. And he just needs to be traded. And, of course... Like, this is the one guy that the Suns are going to hold on to. But at the same mm. time, like, what does a CC trade accomplish? Like, this team is so bad. It's not going anywhere. Do you really this think that CC is the problem here? You know? Like, why not? Honestly, like, why not just I'm beginning hold to on stand to Cody CC. Yeah. Why not just hold <laughs> like, on to Cody CC and make him the captain? Like, what else can this team do? Just, I'm getting a CC jersey. How bad- how badly can this team do? <laughs> I don't know. And I just like <laughs> gofundme.com slash get puppy a CC trade. And you know, I was also like <laughs> before this, like kind of pushing for a CC trade, mostly because it was like, you know, this moral battle. Like, I want this is one thing that I want. I want one thing to go right. But in the days before the trade deadline, I was suddenly like, why are we all so upset about Cody CC? Honestly, he's not harming anyone. <laughs> He's harming- At this point, you know, like- I was gonna say he's harming the team, but is he? <laughs> like- No, I- The team's How shit. bad can they like, get, you know? They have Tom's Shabbat, and that's it. I, I'm not even so, sure like, that CC is our worst oh, and Anderson. right now. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> our highest paid defenseman right now <laughs> is- FNAF? <laughs> is it FNAF or is it still CC? Was CC our highest paid defenseman? Well, it must be FNAF. I'm pretty sure- FNAF was our second highest paid- no, FNF yeah, was, was paid him. higher than Carlson, so it was definitely FNF if we're still paying his contract. Okay, he's our highest paid defenseman. Yeah. Congrats, FNF. <laughs> you don't even play for this team. <laughs> so, like, honestly, you know what? I'm beginning... Cody Cece embodies this he team. He does. He is mediocre. He's kind of handsome, but he has a terrible beard. And... Yesterday I was talking to one of my friends and she said she went to high school with him and he's nice. Yeah, like I've heard he's a good person. What else do you want? He doesn't, in that case, he doesn't embody this team at all. But, you know, he's... Yeah, he's too nice On the ice, he embodies this team. Off the ice, he is lovely. And you know what? Why not? (laughs) Why not keep him? Ah, I hope he gets a raise. You know what? I hope he gets the raise. Give him I the sense will be like, Cody look, CC. we need to reach the cap floor. We have all this leftover money from Carlson, from Duchesne, from Stone, from Dezingle. We have no more influencers to pay. We're yeah. just gonna like give you all of the money. I mean, now that the influencer program is gone, like, well, not oh, gone, but no. changed. <laughs> changed. Like, give that money, give all the money to CC. I think he deserves that. <laughs> I was thinking... Give him a 10-year contract. Yeah, I was thinking earlier when you were talking right. about um, women's hockey and Shannon Zabados and how I respect her too much to want her on the sends. If Melnick was less of a piece of shit, he would realize that 
signing women could be like the best business move he ever made because when you think about it totally they would have no standards it's sad but they would have no standards no standards at all they'd be like so you want me to pay you want me to play for this like garbage fire of an organization you're gonna pay me league minimum when i'm an olympian um you know this is like the worst situation for any athlete sign me the fuck up because i want to play in the nhl this is like 10 you know times the wage they're, that I've been paid They're influencers, before. they're fans, a lot of them would come back. I think a lot of, weirdly, a lot of the Melnick truthers would be like, this is the last straw, but you know what? Good riddance. Yeah, I, I think that this would be- Red Scoff Union would <laughs> die. They would explode. <laughs> I wonder how they're doing these days. Uh, oh my god, did you see that post? And I think this was from Red Scuff Union where one girl had commented and she was like, call me when Melnick sells and then a guy commented underneath and was like, sure, what's your number? Uh, <laughs> oh, I died! It was so no. bad. Oh boy. <laughs> um, I really wanted to, um, really, really, really wanted to quote this brilliant mm-hmm. line from, again, Ian Mendes brilliant piece before this he'd also said that usually if somebody's played in a team for a really long time there's kind Mm -hmm. of like a hometown discount and they will take a lower wage to continue to play for the team and he was like i don't know what's happened but it looks like now Mm -hmm. you have to pay more for people to stay in their city because it's that bad and i was like go (laughs) off ian mendes deadline i am so proud of that man i stan um i cannot believe that i stood near him in the press box and did not have the courage to say hi to him (laughs) but i was there i can't believe that he once gave me a shout out on twitter and once retweeted someone else's shout out like I stan Ian Mendez. I love him. I have a really good Ian Mendez story, just for a second, which is um, during the 2016-2017 playoff series, I went to a lot of games, and one day there was, like, a booth where, like, veteran players were signing autographs, but Mm -hmm. Ian Mendez was also sat at the table. And because I haven't been a Sens fan for like a very long time, I did not recognize these veterans. They were pretty old. And so I'm standing there and I was like, oh my God, you could meet Ian Mendes. And I got Honestly, in line. I do that, unironically. <laughs> and I was like, heck yeah, gonna take a photo with Ian Mendes. I love him. And then I like was standing in line and then I saw the sign that was like veteran senators players. And I was like, oh, <laughs> yikes, I better just move on here and i realized that he was just like writing Mm. notes and it was embarrassing but i love my king um the thing that i really wanted to quote him on is uh, i'm gonna get this quote tattooed on my face it's a damning indictment of the senator's current situation that they couldn't convince stone to sign a long-term contract extension over the course of several months but stone had no hesitation in hammering out an eight-year deal with the golden knights in the amount of time it takes to have a pizza burn down ct when he typed that Mm -hmm. like has anyone checked is ctc still there (laughs) because we wouldn't know it's It's, in the middle of a field in kanata like we wouldn't know if it burned down like honestly um it's been really nice to see him say that kind of stuff on like tsn and tsn 1200 because for a while now it's felt like the mainstream media has kind of um how do i say that how do i put this nicely they've been very nice to melnick you know and haven't really talked about like 
the big issues that fans have. And I talked about this in Five Thoughts, but like what I really appreciate about Mendez is that he makes such an effort to actually listen to fans and be like, you guys aren't just angry people on Twitter. Like you are angry people on Twitter, but you're saying stuff that has value, right? And like mm. he actually engages with us and he is so much more in touch with the fan base, at least like the fan base on Twitter, than any of the other guys on the radio are. And it was like there were some points in, like, one of the radio shows where the other guy, I forget who it was, was, like, you know, kind of going off on Sense fans, being like, well, you know, they're not all like that, and, you know, they're being irrational and whatever, and I was listening to this, like, what do you know, you know? Like, you don't mm. you don't engage with Sense fans the way Ian Mendez does, right? So I just, I really appreciate him, and I really, really appreciate what he's been saying now these last few days. Yeah, I, th- I think he's, like been a really great um I don't know just like I mean he's always been a brilliant mm-hmm. journalist but also I think also because he's quite established mm-hmm. he can sort of get away with being mm-hmm. more critical and he's still gonna be like the person who people mm-hmm. talk to um and I think it's great that he's using that to be more critical I think Ian Mendes has always been someone who has used his position to you know like mm-hmm. magnify the voices of others and I think that's really wonderful I know he was like extremely involved in getting that's what she would yeah. said on the air which is brilliant well, so like it's chats for a we while stanny and mendez yeah hack i love it i love a king yeah. so how are we feeling at the end of this uh kind of the same as before if a little bit more exasperated i guess and a little more down on this team yeah. i am excited to not watch them next year because I'm going to be studying abroad. Bye, Canada. (laughs) Yeah. I'm very tired. I wish I could say that I'm done. We all know I am not. Yeah, same. I love to hate this team. You're going to hear me yelling about this for probably the next 20 years and it's going to be tragic. (laughs) It's just going to get worse from here on. No. Um, I mean, obviously, I do hope that the young players somehow manage to stay motivated because mm-hmm. this is obviously something that must be pretty tough to watch. In the words of Brady Kachuk <laughs> on Instagram, why are my <laughs> eyes leaking? <laughs> it sucks, but I think that, you know, yeah. maybe in like five years, uh, in 2021, when it's a run of unparalleled <laughs> success, we're going to be laughing yeah, about I, this. So I think like, I'm not done. I don't know if I'll ever be done. I mean, the Suns, the Suns have tested me, <laughs> but <laughs> you know the things I'm saying have. these days. I never would have pictured myself saying in 2017. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> but like, I don't think I'll ever be truly done with the Suns. I think that I will come back. I think that I'm on a break right now. You know, like I've emotionally, I've checked out. For a little bit and I'm kind of like still keeping up because yeah. a lot of my friends are sent Twitter people and stuff and because I do care in some way mostly keeping up with the off-ice stuff not so much the on-ice stuff and you know like I'm I'm watching some of the games I'm keeping up with them I can't seem to like forget about the sense but emotionally I've checked out and I'm just kind of like waiting it out you know like I'm just waiting for mm-hmm. that massive like structural shift to occur when Melnick finally sells and you know someone comes in and starts 
cleaning up this mess, but it's like, it's really hard because I know that I'm going to go back to the Suns eventually, you know? Like, I'm, I'll be a fan eventually, and then it's also really sad to be like, well, my days of cheering for Eric Carlson and Mark Stone are done, you know? Like, when I come back, they won't. Yeah. And there will be new players and stuff, but, you know, there's a, yeah. I think at the end of the day, hockey's always going to be um, a distraction mm-hmm. from real life. And if you find yourself, like, obviously I'm irritated and I'm tired and I might have yelled (laughs) in public when I found out about Mark Stone, but it's a distraction from real life. And if you're at the point in your life where you're, like, punching holes in the wall, first of all, don't do that. And second of all, get a different hobby. It's fine. Like, people have this weird thing where they're, like, weirdly obsessed with their teams. It's it's not your family. (laughs) You're not married to them. It's fine. I think I'm going to obviously stay on top of hockey. I'm going to get more mm-hmm. into women's hockey. Heck yeah. And um, I'm going to continue watching this because it's kind of a fun tire fire sometimes. Yeah. Um, I have affection for some of the players. It's like watching a telenovela. And this is the biggest <laughs> drama in my life. I'm boring as shit. So, like, yeah. I'm going to take it. If this is the worst and thing think, in my life, you know, I'm chilling. Fun. Like, I do watch... A lot of Suns games still probably more than the average person and you know it is fun to watch sometimes right like there are some players that I genuinely do enjoy watching I think that I am watching hockey Mm -hmm. in a very different way than I did before um because like you know like I said I've kind of checked out like I I just kind of have it in my mind of like this isn't going to go anywhere we're not actually gonna like compete at any point none of these players are gonna stick around at all, right? Like, until Melnick sells, I'm just in this mindset of, like, nobody's gonna stay. Um, And, you know, I like Thomas Shabbat, but if he gets traded, I'm just gonna be numb, because I'm like, yeah, might as well, you know? And same with, like, Brady Kachuk and stuff. So, yeah, I'm watching in a very, very different way, but I guess still having fun. Still, well, not really having fun (laughs) sometimes. Still, Still watching the team, still enjoying the drama, I guess. To leave on, like, a positive note, I'm going to say one thing that was adorable in the last week, and that was Kachuk playing Kachuk, and all the Kachuks showing up and having those jerseys. Okay, the one thing is, (laughs) Mark Stone was sitting out that game. He should have been in the Kachuk family suite, okay? That would have been so cute, but I guess that was the sign. I know, but Keith Kachuk spoke to the press and was like, I want them to sign that Mark Stone. And I was like, ooh, Keith Kachuk. <laughs> um, that was really wholesome. And you know what? That still gives me joy. And the fact that I can see some weird strangers make weird, terrible-looking custom jerseys so that they can cheer for both their boys Aww. at the game. That's good. There's still wholesome news. And it's exciting. And it's fun. And uh, I hope the Kachuks are having a great day. I can't wait to join their family <laughs> one day. <laughs> Are you listening? (laughs) And then, like, also, as I said, we stand Cody CC now. So, like, heck yeah. Do we want to award Big Rick Energy of the Week? Yeah, so before the episode, we were jokingly saying that we should give this to Cody CC. um, Just just because it would be funny. We were like, yeah, our new king, our new franchise player, apparently, you know? Um, But then we thought we should give it to Ian Mendes, because... He is, yes. he is our real king. So, congrats, Ian Mendes. But, like, honorable mention yeah. to Cody CC. Cody CC might end up getting big rig energy for, like, the rest of the season, because he's the only person <laughs> left. 
It'll be like rotating <laughs> the between only notable and player. Pedro, you know, just like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Ian Mendes truly deserves yeah. it. So on that note. Thank you for listening to this Amalnik in Life. Um, you can find us on Twitter. My handle is at CoolCatMum, still mum with a U. Mine is at CBiataE. And the music this week is by the transnational trash pop band Instaligion. Um, it's my band. <laughs> <laughs> I'm promoting myself, okay? So one half of us lives here in Ottawa. Obviously, it's me. The other half lives in Berlin. We just released a music video to our song Burn, which will be the song in this episode. And you can find all of our past work at instaligen.bandcamp.com. You can find us on YouTube at Instaligen. And we are releasing a new album at the end of March. So stay tuned. And our album artwork is by Laura Novi and Angus Fitzgerald Clark. You can also find us on patreon.com slash this American life. Um, if you want some bonus mascot content and also a newsletter, the newsletter is so great, you guys. I'm so happy with it. Yeah, I love doing um, the newsletter. Yeah, and you can also, you can tweet us, you can email us at thisamalikinlife at gmail.com. Please review us on iTunes. We got our first negative review. <laughs> I was very proud. So but was can I. you please give us good reviews as well? <laughs> um, yeah. And that's it. Have a wonderful weekend and... Try to stay positive. Oh my goodness, the Capitals just won 7-2 over the Sens. Need to stay warm, so I go out alone. I try the first person that glances my way. Let them control me, make me feel that way. Fire is out, and I'm all alone. I can't be alone tonight
toys and held it to my 